Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 92, and I am your host Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack, quack, everybody. It's good to be back on the show. What do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, I want to know what's over that hedge. <laughs> what hedge? I, sorry, Steve. Steve, yes, thank you. <laughs> What do you want? <laughs> oh, great and powerful, mighty Steve. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we're covering the 2006 film? Yeah. 2006 film, Over the Hedge, and it is a beloved family classic for people who grew up around that time. Uh, I know I did. I also did, around that time. <laughs> a little bit before that time as well. Uh, so... Today, uh, we are covering such a beloved movie for me. I feel like this is definitely more my movie, and it's a good thing because it's my pick. Uh, yeah. But Over the Hedge is near and dear to my heart because I, I, it doesn't seem like it's a fall movie necessarily. Um, it, came, it came out in the summer, apparently. It's definitely a spring movie, obviously, because it's after hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> that um, makes sense. <laughs> but... Uh, for me, it's a fall movie, mainly because this is the first year. I associate this with Halloween, and mm-hmm. I know this isn't a Halloween movie or necessarily a fall movie, but I wanted to cover it somewhere close to Halloween, uh, about like a month off, uh, because my last year, trick-or-treating, I didn't know it was my last year. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so I was prepping and getting ready to go trick-or-treating, I was in third grade, maybe. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how old I was. That makes sense. Probably old enough to, for mom to take me trick or treating and stuff. And we weren't. Our family wasn't huge on Halloween, no. anyways. But uh, but we always liked to go trick or treating and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I guess mom really didn't want to take me that year because I, I guess I was too old or she just didn't feel like it. <laughs> so. She was like, all right, Jeremy, what what can we do instead of doing that? She was like bartering with me and everything. Basically. I was like, interesting. You know what I want. <laughs> and she was like, do I know what you want? And I was like, you know what I want. And then she was like, I know what you want. So we went down to Walmart and we started digging through the $5 bin. And... <laughs> for DVDs, if you didn't understand what I meant. Do you think this was a $5 bin DVD? That's the that's my point. Okay. Here's the deal. Okay. Mom said I could pick anything out of the $5 bin. Okay. And I wouldn't have to go trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. As long as I didn't go trick-or-treating. And then we could have like a movie night, and then I could invite a friend or something like that. So I was like, uh, that's a deal. <laughs> I can get candy on my own time. Uh, so like, we go to the... Walmart, I don't. It wasn't like that day. We just went whenever she went grocery shopping, um, and I start digging through it, and I'm like, I don't know if I really want anything in here right now. Um, and then all of a sudden, I pull out Over the Hedge, brand new release. It was like thirteen dollars or something. That wasn't some, supposed to be in the bin. Someone just abandoned. Someone it had like abandoned check, it right before checkout. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I guess someone had decided to go for a cheaper movie, and they didn't want to put it back on the shelf. 
So I was like, Mom, it's in the $5 bin. What? And I didn't know. And she was she didn't know either. Because mm. she, she doesn't keep up with children's cinema. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. And then it, I was like, this is so cool. It like just came out. And that was a red flag, I'm sure. But, uh, so I'm, I'm like, this is better than anything I could imagine. So we're walking, we're walking back up and I'm just reading the back of it ready to, so excited to watch this movie. I mean, I'm, me and you are probably the only two people, probably the two kids that were so excited about DVDs. Yeah. Probably the most excited in our state. (laughs) Anyways, uh. It rung up as like $13 or something, or maybe, I don't know how much they were back then. And I was like, that can't be right, ma'am. I pulled <laughs> it out of the $5 bin. <laughs> and she she was like, sorry. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I looked, at, I looked at mom and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry about this. But it was in the $5 bin. She saw me pull it out, and uh, she was like, "That's okay. We'll get you. We'll we'll get you the." She was done. She was done. She didn't (laughs) want to go watch me dig around, find another movie that I didn't want. Also, she was just being nice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was doing her a solid for not having to drive two miles an hour for three hours, (laughs) following you through the neighborhood. (laughs) Following me through the neighborhood. Uh, So yeah, it was. It's a good memory. I always associate this movie with Halloween for some reason. Maybe just because it's all about junk food, but also because of that story. And it's a really sweet story for me. It's a good one. As soon as I saw the the price, I was like, my countenance fell. And I was just like, <laughs> I need to go. I'm so sorry about this. Like, this needs, I, I'm not going to be able to watch this movie now. And I was really bummed. Mm. But mom really pulled through. <laughs> I I remember that. Um, I think part of it too was because I would have been probably in eighth grade or or like going into high school. And at this point, I had I'm pretty sure I had stopped. Too cool. I had stopped going trick or treating. Too cool. For it that. was more of a thing of like, oh, I'll go over to a, a friend's house or something like that. Oh, I remember a couple years where I went over to my friend Chad's house specifically to like we would just scare trick-or-treaters that came up to the door that's <laughs> so <laughs> mean and so i i remember doing that a couple years but i remember this year i remember you coming home one day and i was in my room and you had the dvd and you're like mom said i could get a movie if i didn't go trick-or-treating <laughs> and i was like yeah, i guess i'm not going trick-or-treating this year <laughs> i was like that's a good deal i was yeah, like i didn't was. get that offer <laughs> i mean as a kid and i I would have definitely wanted to go trick or treating, but like as a right. you know young teenager, I'm like, yeah, why why didn't I get a movie? You know, exactly. I want a movie and twenty dollars. No, just kidding. that was your twenty dollars <laughs> moment. No, but I was I recognize that I was like, okay, that seems like a fair trade. You you got this game brand new movie. Game. You got this. You got this brand new movie. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> have picked it, but no. I mean, I I don't remember anything about this movie coming out other than like whenever you brought it home, basically. I, I don't remember any having any interest in seeing this in theaters. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I just saw the all the commercials of just mm-hmm. hammy, burping, farting, yeah, uh, just pandering towards uh, 
for sure. My my nine year old self. And that that was my impression of it the first time I saw it was like, this movie is trying too hard with Hammy. <laughs> oh, for sure. I was yeah. like, it was definitely something like it was okay, but I I definitely didn't love this movie. It wasn't the one that I would have picked. It seems like it could be annoying. It could be. Yeah. But on rewatch, I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. Oh yeah. Um. I didn't think it was too bad. There were certain scenes where I was like, okay, this is definitely for like the nine-year-old kid. I've been trying to tell you this for 15 years. <laughs> this movie's so good. Anytime you've like suggested it, I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's your pick, so whatever. I guess we'll watch it. <laughs> As a good older brother does. But I guess, yeah, I, I definitely associate it with Halloween because of that story. And it's definitely one of my... I don't, is this a DreamWorks movie? It is a DreamWorks movie. Okay. I, I always thought of it as like a lesser DreamWorks movie. Yeah. Wrongly, I, mean, I think. Okay. I think I think it's moved up in the rankings. I think for it me. definitely had a shorter uh smaller budget because the animation is not there. Mm. It just isn't. Yeah. Some um, of the characters are pretty good. I think the, the It's just the humans. The humans that look bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the look of the porcupines either. <laughs> the little kid porcupines. I feel like the needles are like fuzzy instead of prickly sure i see that i see that but it's not too bad it's mostly the movement like their head movement yeah it seems and i was just gonna say it seems like a video game Mm. but when you play the actual video game of this movie which slapped uh it looks even worse (laughs) like their mouths don't move when they talk i think I've heard of people playing this game and liking it over it. over the edge. You had it? I had it. On what? What console? PS2. PS2? PlayStation 2. I don't remember that. And it was stressful. Okay. It was very <laughs> fun. It was very fun. Don't get me wrong. But it was very stressful. It was like Assassin's Creed where um, you're being chased, or GTA where you're being chased, and you have to be stealthy because you're sneaking in food and stuff. Hmm. And... Those kind of games just stress me out. I just want to have fun, you know? I don't want to be in risking danger. <laughs> um, it was a very fun game. Yeah. Like, I think it's one of the best PS2 games that I had. I was, uh, I was reading about the movie earlier today, and did you know that this was based on a comic strip? Like... In the oh, a comic strip of Over the Hedge, like, like in the newspaper. No, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Huh? Was it called Over the Hedge? Yeah. Oh, like it's an adaptation of like of a comic strip. Well, that's. Really I had no idea cool. about that. Did I was you know kind of Shrek is a Shrek book. I did know that. <laughs> it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the real Shrek. The real Shrek is Mike Myers. Yeah. I I didn't really read any of it, but I I was just thinking about. Like I, I used to love reading comic strips. Like I wasn't a comics guy, you know, reading the, the new Batman issue or anything like that. Yeah. But I did like. There's a difference between a the comics two different types of comics and then a comic book nerd. <laughs> I was a, I was a connoisseur of comedy, so I, I loved the funny papers. You yes. Know? The funny papers. The funny papers. So. Good old Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> a little bit of Garfield. Garfield. Don't yeah. you just hate Mondays? Yeah, man. I do. 
Calvin and Hobbes was a big one. I remember getting that at the book fair because it was like a buy one, get one free deal. And I remember getting like, I wanted this Star Wars book, episode one, classic. And I took it to the register and like, oh, if you get something about the same price, you can get something else for free. So I just started looking around the the book fair and I just, I just saw a book of Calvin and Hobbes. I had never even read it. I didn't even know what it was. I was just, I just judged that book by its cover Yeah, and thought it was going to be good. And I was right. It was very, very weirdos from so. another planet. Calvin and Hobbes is the only comic book that I've ever read. Hmm. Like they had the thick. It, I read it just like a novel. Yeah. Sometimes they'd be continuous stories. Sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, I've never. Well, I guess I've had some other books, but uh, some of the collections of like comic strips. I remember I had one for the the Zitz comic strip. I remember reading some of that, but it I wasn't don't as. I know what that is. It was just like a teenager annoyed <laughs> at his parents. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I had that one. I liked Garfield. I I mean, there was also the ones Big that were just Dilbert like fan. the. Just kidding. <laughs> Who's a Dilbert fan? <laughs> oh, man. You just unlocked. We, <laughs> um, we had a. We were looking through like photo albums one day at Holland. Yeah. And we opened one up and we found like something of dad's dad, like had some like concert photos in there. And then randomly he had some comic strips of Doonesbury in there. Oh, which is like a very political cartoon. And dad was like, why don't I even have this? Like he was like annoyed (laughs) at himself for having (laughs) Ah, too political. My past self (laughs) too political. (laughs) That's funny. But yeah, I, I've, I've wondered like what, Apparently this this is a comic strip that's still going on. No, but I don't know if it's like I've never seen it in the paper, so I don't know if it's like an online thing now. I don't really know what the the future is of that art form, that medium, because like that's the biggest thing that I miss about newspapers. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't like I don't want to go read the the Times every day or anything like that. I just wanted to like flip to the back page and read the yeah. you know read the funnies. So, Beetle Bailey. What a buffoon. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what that is either. (laughs) I only went went for the Garfield. And they never had Calvin and Hobbes in there. Yeah. Is Foxtrot a thing? Yeah, Foxtrot. That sounds Um, familiar. Beetle Bailey. There was like... There were some that... Like the far side. But that's like... Those are just like one panel. Yeah. Visual pun. gags, puns. Boomer humor, if I will. If I you may. You think so? Dude, read a Far Side comic. It is. It does not age well. It is mm. no longer funny. Do you think so? Not a single one of them are funny. I just don't... I, don't, I wouldn't classify it as boomer humor. It is boomer humor so bad. Do you think bad. so? It is so bad. I Man. promise you. I'll have to revisit that, because I, I did have some of those books, too. I'm just kidding. They're really funny. You are. You are not. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. That was a weird bit. I think the cast of this movie is very strange. Weird. It's so diverse. It's the most eclectic group of actors and yeah. musicians. <laughs> Avril Lavigne is in this That's movie. That's the weirdest one for me. Avril Lavigne. Her, her and um, her character. And William very... Shatner in a team-up. I never expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I don't I don't unexpect William Shatner to pop up at random places, but Avril Lavigne 
is probably this is probably one of the most uncomfortable characters. Like I don't get it. Okay. It is has she expressed interest in being a part of a movie acting career at all? I think what is she, what else has she been in? I don't really think that she has. Cuz this is a weird first movie for her to be in. What's well, one of those things whenever you're you first get famous, you get all kinds of different offers and you're like, "Well, why don't I try?" things here and there so maybe she wanted to try it but she was already famous it was like 2006 yeah i mean early 2000s i guess i think this was in production for a little bit longer than when it actually came out i don't remember exactly the dates on there that makes sense because it is i think it was delayed i think it was supposed to come out like a year or so before but even then i, I don't know so avril lavigne is only been in this movie as a character otherwise okay. she's just playing a performer or herself yeah i mean that makes sense yeah sure um bruce willis okay <laughs> let me tell you something about bruce willis tell me movie. tell me something i think he did a good job as rj i think he did too he is the main role but but here's the deal with bruce willis as a voice actor it sounded like he recorded all of his lines in public where he wasn't trying to be too loud and he wasn't trying to disturb other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I don't... I haven't seen that many Bruce Willis movies. But, like, as I watched it, like, I wasn't ever aware that it was him. Like, I, I forgot that it was him. Even after we him. watched it, I was like, wait, who was that? Oh, yeah, it was Bruce Willis. Yeah. I was like, was it Bruce Willis? I don't even remember. He's one of those that can melt. He has such a generic voice and super easy to yeah. mimic. To just like he blends into a character, but not Steve Carell. Steve Carell, no. you know that's him. Yeah, for sure. And he was and definitely, definitely not Wanda Sykes. <laughs> yeah, Wanda Sykes. Um, I remember Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara together as the. I found that out today. I I actually remember that from when we first watched it. I was probably fresh off of Cheaper by the Dozen two or something like that. <laughs> that's Eugene Levy. Yeah. <laughs> Who else is in this? Okay, um, best character by Thomas far, Hayden Church, baby. The exterminator, Thomas Hayden Church. The Verminator. The actually. Verminator. Um, I'm sorry, but do you have an associate's degree <laughs> from pet detailing from Vermtech? Vermtech Community College. That was the most surprising voice for me in this. Like, Really? I don't know why. I just remember him as Lyle from George of the Jungle and just love it. I don't know. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> it's probably one of his best roles. Um, Nick Nolte as the bear. Oh, what was his name? RJ. <laughs> I read um, that he like was Vincent. offered the role and he just like studied like documentary footage of bears trying to like get the sound right, and all he did was just anyway, and then just did his voice normally anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to watch the documentary <laughs> because I'm Nick Nolte. I have spoken. Oh, I give my my spuddies. I love spuddies. <laughs> Speaking of spuddies, I have a uh, what, what are spuddies, Jeremy? Spuddies are the knockoff non-copyright striked uh, version of sour cream and onion Pringles. Mm. And boy, do they look good. I would rather have Spuddies anytime 
than a regular Pringle. But I do have a can of Pringles with me today. And I wanted to see, um, I wanted to listen up closely to see if it made the same noise as um, when you open it for the first time as a can of Spuddies. Because a can of Spuddies sounds like you're opening up a can of tennis balls. Yeah, it's like pressurized. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. All right, right. Everyone, everyone be quiet, be quiet. So, all right, here we go. Listen up, ready? Three, two. That was extremely disappointing. Nah. Those chips, I gotta have my buddies. Those chips got no bounce to them. No, but let's see if it has the good crunch. I thought it was good, but then it also sounded stale at the same time. They sound like they're ba- those like baked chips, and not real chips. Well, that's what Pringles basically are. Hmm. You know, I've always they taste th- all right. This might offend some of our listeners. Actually, proceed. This may offend some some of our listeners here, but um. I don't think I'm a fan of sour cream and onion flavored chips. Why? They just don't bring me joy. Yeah. Um. Much rather have a barbecue chip, but not a barbecue Pringle. That's for sure. I think my what, what's your favorite Pringle? I need you to know. I need I need I need to know this. I think the pizza no, just has a novelty, right? Okay. The pizza Pringle. I can get behind that for sure. I think as I'm eating these, I'm kind of noticing, I've never really noticed the texture difference between a Pringle and just normal chips. Are you serious? Yeah, I've never I, really paid I actually I've really like these more than regular chips because it's like mashed into a pulp of potato yeah, and then formed into their little shapes and then baked, kind of like baked Lay's. And I've always liked those more. I've always been a Pringles boy. Sure have. Always. Um... My, I think my favorite would be salt and vinegar. And I'm not a salt and vinegar guy. If I give me a Lay's, I'm going barbecue every time. But salt and vinegar Pringles just hit different. As with this putty, enough just isn't enough. Let's see here. I like the little cast of characters here. It's a good little band of heroes. I was thinking, you know, Hammy's the only one that's useful. Hmm. Because he's super, super fast and energetic. But then he's the Flash. He's the Flash. He's literally the Flash. <laughs> I was like, well, that's kind of like he's in a band of superheroes, mm. except everyone else is kind of lame. Yeah. But they're not. They all have their own special powers, and they help. One s- stinks out people. Skunk butt. <laughs> oh, we've, I can clear a room. Oh, I can clear I a room. I can do that. And then we've got um, the porcupines that mm. can that steal hot dogs. <laughs> With their backs. <laughs> that was cool. And then we've got the playing dead yeah, as a distraction, possum. as the possum. I liked that. And v- I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love those, those scenes. Lights, Rosebud. <laughs> um, he's very dramatic. He's a Shakespearean possum. Um, so kind of same vibes as the, um, the little toy hedgehog in Toy Story 3. I was just going to bring up Toy Story because <laughs> I think that... RJ and Vern have a Buzz and Woody dynamic. And that's, yeah. I, I think that's what makes this movie good. It's very familiar. Hmm. Anyways. Yeah, I can see that. I've never thought about that, but that, I think that's spot on because, yeah. Vern is definitely like, 
Um, the wants to, wants to protect his family. He's very cautious about any outsiders coming in and disrupting the status quo. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, doesn't want that place of, you know, he's he's got his spot as the leader. You know, he doesn't want to be the number two guy anymore, of course. So I can kind of see that. It's kind of like personality-wise, I don't see it as much. But like Just from, the that, leadership from the thing. dynamic, yeah, yeah I, from that storytelling, yeah. I, I can see that. Question for you, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. What is the best, what's your favorite food in this movie? Because this, it's, it's, this is a movie about junk food. We're not talking yeah. about healthy foods. We're not talking about bananas. Yeah. We're talking about junk foods. Processed foods. Processed foods. Things that are going to survive in an apocalypse. Which food would you yeah. prefer to eat? <laughs> If you took one thing off of this screen. I just don't really remember it, specific ones. It definitely could be Spuddies if you need it to be. Well, I might... There's Hammy's I, cookie. I might not. I might just go with the bag of nacho cheese chips. That's what I was going to go with. From the, the beginning in the vending machine. Yeah. Specifically oh, because yeah. I like the transition of like the bag gets crushed. Yeah. And then he opens it up and the the crushed crumbs turn into like the opening credits and right, stuff. Right, right, yeah, yeah. The text. So, so you I want like opening that. credit chips. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to fast forward. Also later on in the movie, right? When they whenever he opens it up and there's a nuclear explosion. Yeah. Of Dorito dust. I don't want the chip. I just want to be in the blast zone. <laughs> I'll get a shower afterwards, you know? Um that sounds like very much fun. And the, yeah, I, th- I think that would be really, also, we weren't allowed to have MSG growing up <laughs> and I wanted MSG more than anything. Any food that we got, like we picked up at the store, dad would look at the label. We very much like <laughs> MSG, put it back. Yeah. <laughs> we very much weren't uh, a junk food family per se. Which is good. I'm glad. I'm glad our parents. And Jeremy, had what is discernment? What, what does MSG stand for? Monosodium glutamate. Thank you. Okay. Just wanted the listeners at home to know what we're talking about. And it's it's led. It, there's some studies people believe that it uh, leads to headaches and it's not very good for you. Mm. But there's no true studies. There's really not. It's just it's not good and it's not bad. Kind of just like Diet Coke. Mm. Moving on. <laughs> I was definitely thinking about this as we were watching it, though. I mean, this has got to be a contender for, like, best mouth-watering foods, animated foods for us. Like, It I could like be. It could, I don't think it is, unfortunately. I, there's just so much food in it, though. Yeah. But nothing, not a lot of the foods stand out specifically. Maybe that's part of the problem. Well, I would because say the Spuddies and the Doritos do. The chips do. Other than that, though, I mean, because I'm thinking of that whole sequence where rj is talking about how much food the humans eat yeah like this is a pie hole yeah that's where they put the food this is where they store the food this is where they they uh keep the food cold this is where they make the food hot this is where they transport the food you know yeah and they're just showing all this stuff and i feel like there was a lot of stuff and a lot of animated foods in that scene yes i remember him like the close-up of like biting down on a sandwich but because there's so many like quick scenes of the the junk food and things like that, I feel like they don't stand out as much as other movies where it's like maybe there's emphasis placed on one in particular, like the steak from Incredibles. 
I don't remember that. Oh man, it's the original like rubbery the first steak. One? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just cutting this plate. Anyways, I'd even give. I'd even eat the little dried up grapes from the beginning. <laughs> and the bark that they're chewing Those on. Little half raisins. Okay, can we I, talk I about? I would eat the bark with with the honey pollen on it. Okay. Because that was kind of like a Dorito. I was like, what if it tastes like it? <laughs> Natural Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we would have gotten at the health food store. Dad would have picked up a bag of chips and would have tasted like <laughs> bark with honey pollen. <laughs> late July <laughs> tortilla chips. <laughs> oh, man. Um, can we talk about hibernation? Yes, Jonathan. I was just about to bring this up. Okay. I have a bone to pick with this movie. Because, obviously, there's one week left of hibernation. Let me tell you something about hibernation, Jonathan. Tell me. You know these foragers, this gang of foragers Mm -hmm. that wake up from hibernation at the beginning of this movie? Not a single one of these animals naturally hibernate, except for the bear. I was going to (laughs) ask. Okay. Hammy is a red squirrel, and they do not hibernate. Okay. There is one species of squirrel that does hibernate. But it's not the red squirrel. Okay. Black bears do hibernate. He's the only one. RJ is a raccoon, and he does not hibernate. Vern is an ornate box turtle, turtle, and he does not hibernate. Okay. Stella is a striped skunk, and she does not hibernate. Mm-hmm. Virginia possums do not hibernate. And lastly, American porcupines do not hibernate. Mm-hmm. Well, now... I don't get this. Now, hang on. I'm pretty sure William Shatner and Avril Lavigne are both Canadian. So what about oh. Canadian uh, porcupines? Well, did you know that like South African beavers don't actually hibernate um, as opposed to uh, North American beavers? Because they're on the south uh, side of the hemisphere. Of the equator. Don't don't worry about it. That's one of my favorite go-to fake facts when I just want to like, if I just feel like gaslighting someone. When I no, when I worked at, I would use that line. I would use that fake fact when I worked at Bush Gardens. I would just walk around, and people would just come up to you with a uniform. Like this guy's got a name tag. He knows a lot about animals. Yeah. I would just make up random facts, but that was my favorite one that I crafted over time. Yeah, did you know that uh, South African beavers don't actually hibernate in the winter, um, as opposed as uh, North American beavers do? Oh, um, mainly because uh, it's they're on the south, and they're in the southern hemisphere, so winter's all different there. But here's the best part about this: one, South African beavers don't exist. Hmm. That's not a real thing. Not yet. North American beavers do. There's a little bit of truth there. But they don't even hibernate. Well, so. Mm. Anyways, if I ever tell you that, just know I'm gaslighting you. But it is true that none of these animals hibernate in the movie. None of them, except for the, except for the bear. You're right, the bear. Right. Well, and that. So I was wondering about that because. I didn't think that those, any of those animals hibernated. But we've also talked in the past about the myth of hibernation because as a kid, yeah. you see in movies and things like that, it just looks like the bears go to sleep for like three months. 
They just eat it all. But it's not like they go to sleep and don't wake up for three months. Like, they do get up. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's not like a continuous three months of hibernation. They do get up. They just stay inside. Because otherwise, like, what are they storing the food for? Why don't they just find food when they get out? Well, I always thought that they would so it's store like the eat- food... Like, they'd eat it all and mm-hmm. get up all the fat reserves so that when they yeah, sleep yeah. for three months, then they wake up and they're back to normal. That's but what, that's what was presented to me in Dr. Doolittle 2, okay? Yes. That's what they did. <laughs> but they hibernate and they store food in their homes or mm-hmm. in their cave or whatever just because it's going to snow yeah. and nothing's going to grow. But really, they're just they just sleep a lot in the winter because there's nothing else to do. Kind of like us, right? So, you would think, even if they are hibernating, even if they are hibernating, they still get up and snack on the food, right? And then go back to sleep. But they do get up for little periods of time. Yeah. Maybe go outside to use the restroom, use the facilities in the wilderness, you know? I'm just saying, how did they not notice this hedge being built up during that entire time? Well, that's the thing. You just got to let go of all reality because none of those forest creatures even hibernate. <laughs> well, I'm good with that because I, I never thought about that as a kid. I was just thinking about that this time when yeah. I watched it. Also, building all these houses in the entire neighborhood seems like it would be loud and they would wake up anyways. That That's equally um, important. This yes. movie's not perfect. No. But it is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, Jonathan, what are your favorite quotes from this movie? Because I feel like this one has a lot for me. Um, I don't necessarily say them out loud, but I think about it. I don't think I quote anything from this. And if you do, I probably have not been picking up on it. But that's okay, because okay. that's how it works sometimes. We do the podcast, and then we figure out, oh, that's what you've been referencing yeah. all this time. Yeah. But um, I remember the joke about the wazoo being funny. I remember that one. Yeah. I think about when something's stacked up a lot, I think about William Shatner saying, all the way to the top, all the way to the top. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> um, And then every time I see a cookie, I think, but I like a cookie. Mm. That was one of those lines I was like, okay, that's kind of annoying. And every, I know, it is, it is very, yeah, but it's stuck in my head. Yeah. Uh, Anytime I read something with MSG, I hear RJ Bruce Willis saying, and good old MSG. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot more, I'm for sure thinking. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm just not as familiar with this one, even though it was a staple of our childhood. Um, this wasn't one that I quoted. But, I mean, I think, um, I think William Shatner's lines, I was laughing a lot at that. Is he your favorite I, character? Um... He might well no because the the verminator is. Is but your favorite animal? I think I think I laughed at his. More I, yeah I think so because I was expecting to, remember more about the porcupines with Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and they didn't yeah. really have many like funny lines, that yeah. I remember, and so I don't know I like I like the playing dead bit, that <laughs> went on through the movie I like that. I like I like the scene with the, uh, with the skunk when she. Basically, like, distracts the, the house cat so that they can, like, sneak in. Yeah. <laughs> they, the like, just talks and yaps all night. Yeah. 
I I think the movie is definitely going for like a I think it's very subtle, but there is sort of this like um maybe anti-consumerism message to the movie a little bit or at least like look at all the ways like we we make food. Look at like how like look at us specific, wasting it all. The waste, the excess, the materialism of the neighborhood of the subdivision i think it's funny like they anytime they show like the hoa owner the kind of the antagonist of the movie they introduce her and she's like she's got this huge like bubba jug like mug or whatever of coffee and she's like driving a hummer yeah through her neighborhood to her house and she's like oh it doesn't matter i'm i can talk i'm just driving (laughs) i don't know there was another line specifically that called that out and i can't remember what it was now how many people usually fit into these things? That's usually, what, that's the one. one. Yeah, that's the one. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> they have these big cars. Like, how many people are us- driving in these things? Well, usually just one. Yeah. So I think I think the filmmakers would would advocate for carpooling a little bit more, <laughs> and also just the fact that when it shows the map of like the um, the new de- you know housing development, it's like they've already demolished the entire forest except for this like last little triangle that was zoned because they couldn't get rid of all all of it i guess so i was actually wondering when we first started rewatching it like oh is this is there like an environmentalism plot to this movie of like yeah. we need to protect these creatures and keep this to an environmentalist this is a tragedy well yeah because they're eating junk food for, made for humans that are bad for humans it's yeah. just poisoning all these animals <laughs> But the hedge is well maintained. It's you very, very well that. manicured. Yes, but it is an interesting. I think it's a, it's a fun idea for a story of just like the nature versus the humans. I don't know the neighborhood. What's up with RJ and his golf bag, though? That's just his. That's just his bag, his backpack, so he can carry all of his tools and tricks of the trade. But let me ask you something. Okay. He's a raccoon. Sure is. Those are some small clubs. Who's using those? <laughs> Babies. A, they don't look they look like legit. I mean, he's only got like one like iron, you know, yeah. in there. But it doesn't look like, you know, baby's first golf clubs kind of thing. Yeah, those are usually plastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Great point. Let's talk about Vern a little bit. Do you even know who Gary Shandling is? Not really. You get him mixed up with Billy Crystal a lot, gonna be honest. I can see that. Um uh he's a comedian and uh, I think he passed away a few years ago. But I know he's like very respected amongst other comedians. I I wasn't really familiar with anything else he's ever been in, so he was not like a recognizable voice for me at all when I watched this. Yeah. Um yeah, I just remember him being like a cautious turtle, basically. His character super stresses me <laughs> out. Yeah. But I know I relate to him Yeah, in some ways. I relate to him. But I hate him <laughs> so much. Yeah, what's he? In, what, what annoys you about he's, him? He's just a buzzkill. Yeah. And also, even when he like apologizes, he's not fun to be around. The problem is he's right, though. Like he's suspicious from the very beginning, and RJ's trying to use him. And tail and he is knows it. His tail is tingling. <laughs> oh, well, why didn't you say so? 
And then when he finally gives in, you know, he's wrong to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it is kind of frustrating. I'm not saying I like RJ either. Yeah. You know, if I'd go with my gut to hang out with anybody, it would be, I don't know. Because Vern had some lessons to learn, too. He needed to yeah. live outside the shell a little bit. Yeah. So it, it works out. Yeah. It helps him not, not be so fearful and not just be like your entire existence is to hoard up resources for yourself to just survive. Yes. <laughs> to just like live a little bit, take some chances. But not too many chances, otherwise you'll have gambling debts. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the music in this movie? Yeah. So the score is just, it's fine. Just the normal, just the regular score of the, the incidental music throughout. But, um, but there's a few original songs by Ben Folds in the movie. And I think they're good songs, but for whatever reason, like I've never, I've never really gotten into Ben Folds and I have a lot of friends that like his music. And anytime I listen to it, I'm like, okay, I kind of like this, but like after a while, I get kind of tired of it. Yeah, I don't know, but um, I, I haven't listened to these songs in a while, so I, I enjoyed the, the music in the movie. I think one of the songs is like a re-recorded version with like cleaned up lyrics, <laughs> the Rock in the Suburbs. One. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I think I remember I remember seeing that one. I think like Weird Al um directed a music video for Ben Folds and that's how I like heard about him. Interesting. Back in the day. But I don't really know much about him. I haven't I think I don't really listen to any albums. You either don't care about Ben Folds or yeah. you care about him too much. I, I would no agree. No middle ground with Ben Folds. I think Folds. so. He's kind of like a he's kind of like a cult following. Yeah. Either you get it or you don't. Mm-hmm. I do like the music in the movie. I feel like it fits. It has a good a good vibe to this like green spring feeling in yeah. this movie. Yet yeah, we like to watch it in the fall. <laughs> well, um what letterbox score would you give this movie, Jeremy? Um I'm giving this a 4 out of 5 stars. Okay. It's not a perfect movie. And I think the just the sheer overall value it has bumps it up to mm-hmm. 4.0 it's got some nostalgia and a personal yeah. memory personal story to it 0.5 knocked off for the ADHD um, fart jokes and stuff it just didn't age all the way I mean it's still funny I love it but mm-hmm. it's objectively like that's not the greatest and then also 0.5 just for the low animation style yeah yeah I, I think I would give this a 3.5 I do recognize that I did like this movie a lot more when I rewatched it, but um, but you just still, didn't have an opinion of it before you watched it, right? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's still a good movie, and I definitely recommend it. the The movie actually has pretty decent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it was in the seventies, so it was like it was yeah. certified fresh compared to other things we cover on this podcast and yeah. love. So, um, it just didn't resonate with me. At the age I was when it came out, but that's okay. I like how they named the knockoff brands because they didn't have any money to to pay for the animated versions, the real logos. But mm-hmm. uh, when RJ started having a panic attack about lying to his friends, his new family he's made, mm-hmm. 
he's blowing it into a a chip bag that says oh no's yeah on them <laughs> i love that one actual brand that i did notice that was pretty subtle but there's a scene where um they get rj to like take a picture of them and then like he takes a picture of the whole group or whatever and then like he does like a selfie i noticed it as it was playing just earlier tonight <laughs> Um, he holds up the camera, and there's like a little HP oh, logo really? on the camera. But other than that, like all the food brands are like all like generic, you know, knockoffs yeah. that they made up. But that was probably like a legit product placement there. Probably. I mean, yeah. I can see how they didn't want to be too biased on on their food mm-hmm. product placements. So they probably that's probably a choice for them actually. Yeah, I think you'd get a lot of criticism probably of like advertising to kids. Yeah. <laughs> if you just But even then if the it's movie just a movie about ahead. junk food, you don't want to have the actual brands necessarily. Yeah. I, I get that. It focuses more on the movie yeah. than the, the It m- saves you some money not paying out. It, yeah, that's too. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I love this movie. <clears throat> yeah, any other final thoughts or you love this movie? My one takeaway is don't eat junk food. Eat healthy. Enjoy your life, though, with a little bit of junk food. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, and I don't like sour cream and onion spuddies. Okay. Duly noted. So you can have the rest of this this can if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that if I ever have any foragers in my backyard, I'm calling the Verminator. That's true. So good. So good. Mm. You have just been Verminated. Well, another day, another staple. Why don't you let us know what your favorite inside quote is by reaching us at Inside Quotes Cast on Instagram. And if you haven't followed us, go ahead and do that and let us know if there are any movies you want us to cover on the show. So, Jonathan, next week, I think we're going to have a guest. So it's going to be both of our choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to roll a clip for that right here. It's a weird one. Okay, how's this for our new Friday night lineup? Eight o'clock, Druids on Parade. Then the Volcano Worshippers Hour, followed by Underwater Bingo for Teams, and Fun with Dirt. Why not? Get this, I get a call this morning from a guy who says he can swallow his own face. Can you believe that? I... Bob? What you got there? The ratings. Don't tell me we actually showed up on the list. We're number one. Say what? We beat out the networks. This is unbelievable. Look at these numbers. We've got three shows in the top five. Stanley's Badowski's Clubhouse went through the roof. He got a 60 share. Do you know what this means? We're finally going to have some real money. George, we're the number one station in town. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you could find him on Instagram at Groovy Bridge. And our music was done by Alex Bird. And we would love it if you left us a five-star review. And if you do, we promise to read it right here on the show. But more importantly, five stars, and we'll give you a lifetime supply of Spuddies. Oh, good. And we'll even throw in a nice little blue cooler. And a red wagon. And a red wagon. And a blue cooler. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our childhood staples just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Also, if you like the show, share it with a friend. (laughs) Until next spring, 
have a good hibernation, and we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. Just kidding, it's going to be next week.